there's misconceptions that travel has to be super expensive. And it can be, but it can also be as little as you want it to be. So things to consider, for example, instead of camping, to do glamping or to stay at a yurt. That's something I'm really looking into right now is like, okay, how can I have a camping experience, but without roughing it? So that's one of those ways. Welcome to Your Retirement Planning Simplified with your host, Joseph Curry, a CFP professional who is going to help you learn how to simplify your retirement planning. This podcast is all about helping you answer those burning questions you've had about your retirement possibilities and making a plan to get there. Through retirement planning education, resources, and expert interviews, Joe will help you get clear on your retirement vision, how to simplify it, and what you'll need specifically to achieve or maintain your financial freedom. Ready to live out your retirement dreams and create future opportunities for the ones you love? Then let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. I'm your co-host, Joe Curry. And as always, Lindsay Wilson is with me today. How are you, Lindsay? I'm well, Joe. How are you? I'm great because we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics from a personal standpoint today, and that's travel. Absolutely. I think it's a great topic to tackle for sure, whether you're retired or not. Yeah, exactly. So Ash and I had the kids in PEI a couple of weeks ago. So that was kind of our travel for the summer, but it's a fun place for us to go because that's reasonable as far as cost goes. And also the kids love it with the beaches and We can kind of let them go wild. They're not going to break anything out there. (laughs) (laughs) They'll have nothing but fun. Exactly. Do you have any future travel plans on your agenda, Lindsay? Well, there might be a trip. I did live in Halifax for a time and I'd love to get out there and visit some friends that I have out there. So that might be my next trip. Awesome. Well, hopefully you make it happen. Yeah. All right. For today, our topic was, as we mentioned, on travel. And from an expert guest, Danielle was talking about things that you can do to make travel more affordable. So she had some really cool tips on maybe not necessarily having to be a travel agent, so to speak, but finding some areas where you can kind of be an expert. So like for her, her big thing is finding cheap flights. Like she has that down. Great at finding flights. Yeah. And also she talked a little bit about maybe you can't do everything at first class, but maybe there's some areas and just understanding that are most important to you and focusing a little bit of your extra budget to those areas. So just some cool tips. I mean, obviously that's just a small piece of it. So keep rolling and listen to the whole episode. But uh, I thought there was some good tips for anyone who's looking to do some traveling. Absolutely. And Danielle, she's a multi-passionate writer, five-time author. She also hosts her own podcast called The Thought Card Podcast, which is affordable luxury travel and personal finance. And she's also got two ebooks, Affording Travel Saving Strategies for Financially Savvy Travelers and Traveling with a Full-Time Job. So she's got lots of experience in the realm of affordable luxury travel. Yeah, we'll have her contact info and links to her websites in the show notes as well. So if anyone wants any additional details or check out her podcast, they'll be able to do it there. That sounds great. Let's do it. Danielle, welcome to the show. Appreciate being on. Let's talk travel. Okay, well, I'm excited to talk about this. This is probably a little bit more of an exciting topic for a lot of our listeners than some of the number crunching we do on this podcast. But anyway, maybe we'll just start with you just giving us a little bit of your background and how you started talking about travel. 
Yeah. So I started my blog in 2015. And at the time, I was struggling with student loan debt, wanting to purchase a home and wanting to travel. So we have all of these competing goals together. And it's like the perfect storm to write about it on the internet. So I started off with that. And over the years, I've really made it my mission to find creative ways to afford to travel. My travel style, as I call it, is like how I travel and the kind of expenses I have has been elevated over the years. So a lot of people kind of try to pigeonhole us into like this budget travel category. And I push back and say, no, we're more of this financially savvy traveler because we are not only wanting to afford to travel, but we also have our pulse on all these other financial goals that we are trying to obtain. Travel is just one of the goals. It's just one of the pieces of the pie. So it's funny because in 2015, people didn't really understand. They were saying like, why you're a travel podcast or travel blogger? Like, why are you talking about money? But I always go back to the root that travel costs money regardless if you're spending less, regardless if you're travel hacking, even if you're doing like house sitting or pet sitting, there's still money involved. So let's talk about it. Let's tackle it. So that really spurred creating the blog, creating the podcast. Been running for the last eight years. I think people are now more interested in this topic and seeing how to better manage their finances and how to travel more and seeing the importance of those two pieces, which I feel like about time everybody caught up. But it's been a really interesting ride. And it's a topic that like, I'm looking forward to pass down to my children. And it just becomes more relevant today than it was when I first started. Absolutely. So I think that's all perfect for me, what we'll talk about today. Most of the listeners on this podcast are over the age of 50. So they're not looking for budget traveling, so to speak. They're probably not looking to stay in a hostel so they can do a little more traveling at this point in their lives. So they want to go to nice places, stay in nice places. But on the same hand, they also want to do a lot more travel than they have in the past, maybe. And they still want to spoil their grandkids and all those other fun things. So there's some competing priorities there. So it's still important for them to be financially savvy when it comes to their travel. So maybe I'll just turn it back to you. And what are some of your thoughts or tips on what people in that situation should be thinking about when they're planning their travel? Absolutely. I would start off with your travel style. And this is really getting to know you as a traveler and as a person to see what are the activities, what are the things that when you're traveling, you enjoy. That actually becomes high on the priority list. And that becomes the things that you actually seek out and spend money on. In that list, you're going to realize that there are things that are not as important. Like for me, I don't really care for business class or first class. Just get me on the plane, get me safely. But I do care about a nice hotel. I may even splurge on a like spa while I'm there, right? So knowing who I am, what I will enjoy really helps me to align my spending when it comes down to the actual travel part. Now, the retiree community, you may have a partner. So this is an opportunity to speak to your partner as well and make this like a family activity where you sit down and say, okay, regardless of where we're traveling to, what would we like to do or enjoy? Is it hotel versus airfare or hotel and airfare? And you don't really care about the food scene. So knowing all of these things, again, helps better align your spending 
So I think that is part one. Part two is also saving cash. So part of traveling is we're going to be spending cash while we're at these destinations. So really having primarily, I like to say, have a travel fund where it's like a separate bank account devoted to your travel savings and get into the habit of routinely saving for travel. Or if let's say in the retiree community, let's say you have your retirement account and you're drawing one large sum for the year, make sure you're including travel as a line item in your budget. There is a difference between traveling as a hobby, we do it once in a while, and then traveling as a lifestyle. So regardless if you're traveling every week, every month, or you're a snowbird, if you have this travel lifestyle mentality and you include that in your budget, that's really gonna help to create travel to be an important part of your life, like going to the gym or groceries or paying your mortgage or anything like that. So making sure it's routine, whether you save for it every couple of weeks or you have it in a lineup in your budget and you're drawing down the funds once a year, just making sure that travel is there. I'm actually prepping for an episode and I've been reading a lot of studies that they're saying that a lot of Americans right now they're getting into debt to travel because they're missing this piece of, let me actually save for this throughout the year, or let me think about it. But what's actually happening is that, okay, it's summertime and we're going to Disney. Oh my God. And you're scrambling. Yeah. And then you're putting money on your credit card and you are getting into debt, carrying a balance. And I just really try to stay away and avoid that. That is not, for me, my definition of financially savvy travel. So I think, again, a couple of things is to think about what you want to spend money on, your travel style, have a discussion in your family, think about travel as a line item in your budget. That will actually make things go a lot faster. With that being said, the last thing I'll say here is that I think it's important to find a specialty to find an area that you are really interested in and excited about. So what do I mean by this? So there's credit card travel hacking. There is like the hotelier aficionados who really love to geek out on getting the best hotels. Then there's like cheap flights folks like me. So I really have decided that my lane of specialty is cheap flights. So when we're gonna travel as a family, Everyone is like, Danielle, what are we doing for flights? And I'm like, yay, this is where I get to shine. And I think that allows me to really have one area that I can just devote time to knowing and researching well than kind of having to spread myself thin. Like I mentioned, flights are not really my specialty. So I want to spend the least amount on flights. So knowing all the flight hacks for cheap flights is my specialty. So I can keep that cost low and spend more on the things that I truly value. So those are the kind of the high level things I would think about as you're planning for travel. Perfect. I love that. That aligns with a lot of what we talk about on the show, actually. So you're talking about figuring out those things that are most important to you when it comes to traveling. We talk a lot about understanding what your values are when you're coming up with your financial plan and where you want to spend money, right? So for someone who one of their values is adventure, travel, that kind of stuff, once you're there, you're just saying basically take that another step further to really feel or understand when you're going to be traveling, where do you really want to get the most value for what you're doing and where are you okay to just step back a little bit on? Absolutely. And I love how you're talking about the cash flow, thinking ahead rather than figuring it out after. And then for retirees, I mean, there's a couple of ways you could do that. So we'd usually try to set things up 
where our retirees are still getting a paycheck, right? Just coming from investment accounts and other government programs or pensions. But we can still kind of, we think old school, like the envelope system where you have a little bit of money in all the different envelopes, right? I mean, now we just do that automatically with bank accounts. And so we can just be redirecting those funds each week or each month into that separate travel account based on however much you want to spend for the year. Yeah. And that's exactly how I do my own travel budget too. So that's great. I love that. So Danielle, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your thoughts on the importance of having goals when it comes to traveling. Yes. It's kind of like a catch-22, I would say, because... I do think having goals is important, but I also think if you are open to your destinations, then you actually may attract more opportunities. What I mean by this is that I actually like to have two travel funds. And this is kind of like the next level because we all know, okay, have a travel fund. But one travel fund is more general. So when things pop up, weekend getaways or something, I have a place that I could look to that's for general travels. And then I have a very specific goal-oriented travel. So for me, we do an annual Disney trip and that travel fund is like, we're going to Disney. And this allows me to really make sure I'm allocating funds to that specific trip while still being open to possibilities of things that can pop up throughout the year. So that can be like, we all sometimes travel for the holidays to go see family. That's travel, right? Might not be as leisure, but that is travel. (laughs) So I do like having these two, one very broad and then one very specific for your goal, whatever goal that is. Also, because I am into cheap flights, that's my area of specialty. I like having the freedom of seeing when there's a deal out there that I really like to have the money to be able to be like, I can actually afford this. Because a lot of these deals, it's very like spur of the moment. It's here now and it's gone in two hours. So that spontaneity of booking a trip has to really couple with having the funds there that doesn't disrupt all my other goals. So cheap flights is really, again, my area of specialty. And that allows me to be a little bit more spontaneous. So I hope that answered your question. So I believe in both. Have goals, but also be open. I also feel like if you're focusing on the cheap flights aspect, there are places on your list that you may be like, not 100% like I wanted to do it this year, but because the deal was so good, let me go and invest in this. So for example, in 2019, I found this incredible deal to China before everything happened. So I found a deal and it was $200 for a 10 day, I call it like luxurious backpacking. So beautiful five-star hotels, but we're really traveling around the country and it was $200. Wow. I looked at my travel fund. I'm like, we have this, like, that's cool. But it wasn't like China was on my list of places to go that year. But because I knew even the flights to get to China were way more expensive than what I was putting down, it made sense and we had the time. So I said, let's go. So I like to have, again, this two dualities of like, let's have goals, but let's also be a little bit spontaneous for when the magic happens and the deal is irresistible. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, especially for retirees, because they have a lot more flexibility in their time, right? So if they can also be flexible in their travel then they might find more of those opportunities. Exactly. And for those who are like, what are those opportunities? I really like Travel Zoo. So Travel Zoo, they have a weekly Wednesday, like top 20 Travel Zoo deals. 
And on Wednesdays, it's just something to look at and see if there's anything, whether that's international, domestic. So that could be a good place. I also like Gate One Travel. They typically do more of like a self-paced tour. So they have hotel and flights booked together and they send out a Monday newsletter. So join these newsletters because they can just send you things and you could see if it's relevant and something that you want to try. Awesome. I love that. We'll put that in the show notes for sure. So maybe you could talk a little bit about some luxury travel misconceptions. Yes. Oh, I think there's misconceptions that travel has to be super expensive and it can be, but it can also be as little as you want it to be. So things to consider are, for example, instead of camping to do glamping or to stay at a yurt. So this is something I'm leaning into. I'm still a little bit afraid, but I think I want to go outside. So that's something I'm really looking into right now is like, okay, how can I have a camping experience, but without roughing it? So that's one of those ways. Other ways is to really make sure that you are signing up for all of the hotel loyalty programs. And this is irrespective of like travel hacking and points and credit cards. No. I'm talking about, for example, Hilton, Marriott, IHG, they all have loyalty programs and you could sign up for free. So whenever you're staying at these bigger chain hotels, make sure you are signing up and you're also giving your number so that you can start accumulating points. And that allows you, as you accumulate, you're able to redeem those points on free hotel stays. So that has been like very, very helpful. And I'm not doing anything else, but just my regular travel expenses. So that has been really good. Also, the planning ahead. Because it's you're looking for more luxurious accommodations, and there typically is a higher price tag, the further out you're looking to go on this trip, the more savings that there are opportunities to have. So one of the mistakes I recently did, I took my mom to Paris and I looked for hotels like a month out. That is a no-no because all the best rooms are booked and now I'm paying top dollar for my stay. So if you have an idea that you want this to happen, like really start thinking about at least I would say somewhere between six to nine months ahead to see, can I just secure and book this for like a good price and good deal just so that you can have the accommodations you want, but without spending, just like dishing out so much cash. And then going back to your travel style, knowing what you want to spend more money on, like allocate your travel budget to those items and reducing the expenses on other things. And being upfront with your family too. We're going to say, hey, we're going to stay at a really nice Disney resort this year. Don't expect us to be going and buying all the souvenirs because it's not happening, right? So having honest conversations and letting like everyone know that like we're going to do this, but there's a cost, meaning that we're not going to do this as a result of that. So those are the things I kind of keep in my mind when I'm thinking about luxury travel. Did I answer that question? Any other thoughts there? Yeah, no, I think you got it. Now, you mentioned planning six to nine months out for hotel rooms is kind of optimal. Is there like an optimal time to be planning flights as well? Yeah, I feel like flights do deserve that six to nine months. I don't feel like you need that much time for hotels. Maybe I would say like three months out, especially also car rentals too. Like give it a little bit of time, like three months out, especially summertime, things can go really fast. 
But I found the sweet spot for flights to be that six to nine months period. Okay. Also, those travel deals I talked about with Travel Zoo and Gate One, those can be six to nine months out too as well. So I just feel like just kind of have a loose plan of what your thoughts are for the year and kind of go with the flow. For me, I typically like to reserve flights first and then hotel. Like once I know I'm going to land, I could go and book hotels. So that's something that I kind of keep in mind. Six, nine months for flights, at least, I found to be a good spot. Okay, that's awesome. And maybe the last things, I know we're getting short on time here. Could you talk a little bit about what's changed? So COVID happened and there was no travel. So, I mean, people are traveling again, but what do people need to know traveling post-COVID? So post-COVID, I would say the biggest thing I've realized is that their websites, like the attraction websites, some websites are just outdated. So Google, let's say you type on something like restaurants in, let's say, Manchester, Vermont, for example. You're going to go and be like, oh, these 10 restaurants are open. And you're going to just be like, cool, I'm just going to go drive there. And then you realize it's closed. So I've seen that so many times. So my biggest tip would be like, okay, don't take Google at first value. Take the step further, click on the website or call See if there's reservations that need to be made because that will save you a necessary trip if the establishment is closed, right? So that's one of the important things. Other important things is that a lot of things are still closed down, meaning that there's like literally no tickets for the attractions because of COVID. So that can really dampen your experience because if you have all these things on your list of to-do and then some of these are closed, so I do think you have to just do a little bit more research to make sure that it's on your list, but be open that it can be closed or that they may require reservations and things may sell out very fast. Example, like I was in Paris last month and I'm like, okay, I'm in Paris. I can just go to the Eiffel Tower and Eiffel Tower has like stairs and elevator and the elevator was sold out till August. Oh, wow. Like for the whole summer. (laughs) So I really should have been looking at that months ahead of time. Also, while we were thinking about like very close to our trip to Paris, my mom was like, oh, let's go to London since we're so close. I was like, yeah, two hour train ride. Let's go. Literally, it was like $300, $400 for something that should be like $100 usually. But because of last minute, things just are so much more expensive. So I think planning ahead is important for some of these big things that you want to do because just things are closed or sold out or it just could get more expensive. So those are some of the things that I found for COVID. I think that I've been using the tourism websites a lot more. So I kind of feel like back in the day, we could have just done a quick Google search and Google will spit out a bunch of things and you could build out your itinerary from that. But I've seen a lot of tourism boards really leaning into creating itineraries for you or showing you like these businesses to go to and what to do. So I really do enjoy going on the tourism sites. So all you have to do is just type in like the destination tourism board and that will show you like what's available. And they do a really good job at curating everything for you. So those are my big tips and takeaways. Lastly, I'm again, cheap flights person. I've seen flights not as cheap this year, especially. Okay. So what that signals to me is for me to continue to look at these flights, but create a baseline. So when I'm looking at a trip to Europe, I know because I see so many flight deals that right now the baseline for a flight deal to Europe is around $400 to $500 from New York. 
Okay. So if I see anything lower than that, I'm no great. This is a good deal versus kind of being like, oh, I think it's a good deal. No. So I think it's still good to kind of be in the know, even if you're not ready to purchase right now or book a trip, because you start to have these baseline metrics of knowing, I know this is how much it usually costs and I know I can save. So let me look for deals under this. This is very different from like pre-COVID where I could find flights regularly to Europe for $300 around that. So it's important to know these things. So those are the changes I've seen. I do feel like things are kind of getting back to like this new normal, you know, but I feel like we still have a lot of recovery to go because not a lot of things are open. Not everything is as open as we thought, like pre-COVID. So just things to keep in mind as you're planning your trips. Okay, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for everything today, Danielle. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Absolutely. So head over to my podcast, The Thought Card Podcast, Half Travel, Half Personal Finance. Over 150 episodes, a lot to binge there. And then I'm really active on Instagram. So at the Danielle Desir on Instagram, share a lot of my travel stories and traveling with a baby since that's like something new for me. So yeah. Awesome. That's exciting. We'll make sure we get all of that in the show notes as well. So anyone listening can find Danielle and find some more tips on travel and personal finance. So thanks again for joining us today, Danielle. Appreciate it. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Investment services are provided through Matthews & Associates Investments of Aligned Capital Partners Incorporated and approved trade name of Aligned Capital Partners Inc. ACPI. Only investment-related products and services are offered through ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI and covered by the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Tax planning, financial planning, and insurance services are provided through Matthews & Associates. Matthews & Associates is an independent company separate and distinct from ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI. Matthews & Associates are not licensed tax professionals, and you should consult with your tax advisor before acting on any recommendations. Thank you for joining us for this latest episode of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. If you'd like to see how prepared you are for retirement, we've created a free retirement readiness calculator to help you out. Go to matthewsandassociates.ca forward slash ready to input your retirement information and receive instant feedback to help you evaluate your current retirement readiness. Be sure to tune back in for the next episode. And until then, we're here to help you simplify and succeed in your retirement planning.